Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. A scoundrel and villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he always stirs up dissension. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. He will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Listen to verses 16 through 19. It's really important that you take note of this. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Let, let, me, let me read verse 19 again. And so you can understand what the Bible is saying. I'm going to change it around a little bit. A false witness who pours out lies, and a woman all men who stirs up dissension among brothers and sisters. Are you with me? I'm going to read some scriptures and then we're going to go into this. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 13. First Corinthians that's in the New Testament. First Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 13. And when you have a chance, read the whole chapter. Chapter 5. It's a very, very short chapter. But I'm bringing it to a conclusion. And basically, what is going on here is that in this, in this passage, uh, Paul has been talking to the Corinthians. There are some things going on in the church that ain't supposed to be going on. And he says, I want you to push this, take care of this, approach people, confront people, and people that don't want to change. This is what you should do to them. Verse 13, God will judge those outside. For the inside, expel the wicked man from among you. <coughs> Ezekiel. Ezekiel, one of the major prophets. Chapter 3. Ezekiel, chapter 3. By the way, if you want my notes after... I'll, I'll give them to you. My outline. Ezekiel chapter 3. 
Are you there? Okay, we're going to read verses 17 through 21. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to dissuade him, from his evil ways, in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn him, warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wicked wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sins, but you will have saved yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness, I mean, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before him, he will die. Since you did not warn him, he will die for his sin. The righteous things he did will not be remembered. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning. And you will have saved yourself. Do I have your attention? Does God have your attention? What I, want to, what I want to speak on very briefly to you today is if you see no evil, hear no evil, and feel no evil, you're probably evil. When we allow evil things to go on in our midst, and nobody is warning anybody, it probably means we're all doing the same thing. So the question is this. The reason why I've read all these verses, and I didn't read all the verses I have in my notes for you, but the reason why I've read these verses is to answer a question that was posed to me. How do you deal with those who sow seeds of discord and dissension in the church? How do you deal with people who say they're spiritual, but every private meeting they're having with somebody is about somebody else in the church? How do you deal with people who say that they believe in God, they love God, but they're always talking evil about other people? 
In fact, how do you deal with somebody who says, Kwame has offended me, but I am talking about that to Kwame doesn't know, but everybody else knows. And when you're telling everybody, you're telling them your twisted story about what has happened. That's evil. And if we allow evil to continue in the church, God says, I'm going to punish all of you. So how do you deal with this? Jesus, before he left, isn't it interesting? Jesus knew what the church was going to go through. So in Matthew chapter 18, he left us direction, instructions, so we won't have a messed up church. Open to it. Matthew chapter 18. And I know we're all looking religious right now. I know you've never talked about anybody else. <laughs> the question is this. You're in Matthew chapter 18? Yes. Okay. We're going to begin, I believe, with verse 15. Yeah, I did, I did add that. We're going, we're going to begin with verse 15. Okay. Now, always be careful of somebody that's always talking to you about how right they are and how wrong other people are. There's only one person ever that's ever lived that works like that. That's always right. And nobody in here has his name. So when people come to you and they're beginning to tell you, I don't care who they're talking about. If they're talking about the person you don't like, You better beware because what God says is really clear. You don't want God to punish you. You don't ever want sin to go without being confronted. And that's why Jesus gave us the instruction in Matthew chapter uh, 18, beginning with verse 15. Remain with it? Alright. He has it for us. He's going to help us so we can read the same. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Okay. Beginning with verse 15. What does it say? If your brother sins against you. Uh, sisters. Okay. Whenever I say brother, you need to put sister in there. Because, you know, the way they wrote this, you know, you have to understand the Greek and the, and the Hebrew culture. So you understand you're not being excluded. 
Amen. Amen. So I, I want to make it plain to you Amen. that I don't want to change the Bible. I want to read it the way it says, but I want you to know what it is saying. Yes. Because the Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this what? Does it mean only men die? So it's got to mean something else. Right? It's mankind. So when he uses the word brothers and things like that, it included you too. So don't escape that. If your brother sins against you, do what? Go and show him his fault. His sister Joan has done something against me. I'm supposed to go to Rosalind. I don't know why everybody in the church knows Rosalind did something wrong against me. Amen, lights. I don't understand why all I did was against Rosalind, but everybody in the church knows about it. The reason why you know about it is because Rosalind hasn't been right. She's out there telling my business to you, you know, and it's none of your business. Oh, you, you haven't heard me. And I'm tired too, so. <laughs> if I don't hear too many amens, I think I'm doing bad, so I'm going to keep going. Now, I have some points that I want to make, but the important thing here is this. Especially if you say you are a minister, you're a deacon, you are a, a usher, you have a position in the church, and your mouth is a hundred miles an hour, somebody needs to sit you down. I don't know if that's correct English or not. Okay. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good that your mouth is always going a hundred miles an hour when you're supposed to have it shot. Do you understand what Jesus wants for us? Jesus wants us to be happy. Jesus wants us to love one another. Jesus doesn't want you to destroy me. Jesus doesn't want me to destroy you. So whenever somebody has done something wrong against you, please don't tell me. I don't care. I don't want to know. It's none of my business. The only reason why I should know is, be, is if 
The direction that Jesus gave reaches me. Are you, are you still with me? The Bible said if someone has sinned against you, Mark, please come. I want, I want to get this real clear. All right. Uh, let's have uh, Zay come here. <laughs> she's coming and she's not even going to help me play basketball today. <laughs> she's going to help me with the message. Now, see these two beautiful uh, young ones here. If Maud has done something against Zay, Sister Page should not know about it. That's a perfect example. Are you are you getting me, please? This is what the Bible is saying. You know, uh, she's your mom. And she's your grandma. She shouldn't even know. If you two are Christians. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. Find it out. Matthew chapter 18 verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go to him. Tell him his fault. And he didn't even stop there. In order to make the matters perfectly explicit, he said, between you and him alone. That's right. That's what it says. Thank you. You can go back to your seats. <laughs> That's what the Bible is saying. But the reason why many of us are eating each other up in the church is we have nothing else good to do. I'm tired. And then when you go to that person, the Bible says, show him or her his fault or her fault, it is a slap them. Well, all right. Amen. Amen. That's why a lot of marriages don't last. Because you resort to violence without even talking about anything. Talk about it. So I say, go to him and show his fault. You know, how do you show somebody's fault? What are you going to talk about? Okay. That's important that you understand that, that you need to tell the person their fault. Don't sugarcoat it. And don't beat around the bush. Amen. I know how to beat around, around the bush more than most of you. I came from Africa. <laughs> and I don't even beat around the bush. 
Just tell the person what they did against you. Why is it that you're so upset? Why is it that something is not going right between you? Tell them and let's talk about it between the two of you alone. I don't want you to say amen if you don't believe it because the Bible says it. And if we just follow the Bible, it will be all right. Tell them. And when you tell them, and they listen to you. You know, the, the word listen in the Greek is the word akuo. And it doesn't mean to hear. Go check your lexicon. Dr. Nimley, akuo means to hear and listen and react and obey. You've not listened to me and said, I heard what you're saying, but I just didn't pay attention to it. What does it say? If he listens to you, if he acknowledges his sin, if he says, Oh, my bad. Not if he or she is beating around the bush. Ah, you know, I, well, that's just a word we use. I didn't know you were going to be offended by it. When you use a bad word, you knew what you were using. It's no need baptizing it in the name of Jesus. It's a bad word. You just own up to it. Some of you see, some of well. <laughs> It's amazing what happens in the church where they're supposed to be spiritual, God-loving, God-fearing people. It's amazing what happens among us. Acknowledge that you've done it wrong. That's what the Bible says. If you did that, what is, what is going to happen? You will do what? You've gained a brother. And do you know why God never punishes or discipline without it meant for reconciliation and restoration? Do you want me to repeat it? God punishes, rebukes, Chastises, disciplines for restoration. In fact, in Hebrews it says, I believe it's in Hebrews, if he doesn't punish you, then you are a bastard. Check your concordance. 
I'm getting my strength back. Amen. <laughs> but that is what God is saying. God is saying, if your church is going to be healthy, this is the way things have to be dealt with. Let me tell you something. If you have one, two, or three people that are always coming to you complaining about somebody else, stay away from them. If you see them coming east, go west. If they're not, migrate south. Uh-oh, here she comes. Or say, I don't want to hear it. The reason why a lot of people come to you is because they believe you're a garbage receptacle. They can dump all your garbage, all their garbage to you. When people are telling you things you're not supposed to hear, all they're saying to you is that I don't respect you as a Christian because you hear every garbage and then you transfer it to somebody else. Now, the Bible knows that there are some stubborn people in the church. Now, Jesus is talking to the church. Okay? So you're looking at me now like you're holy and holy and, right? You, be, you did all that dancing during the uh, uh, praise and worship. You go outside in the parking lot, you be cursing people out. Jesus knows you curse. (laughs) And he knows you're going to do wrong. And that is why he provided a way so there is not going to be the wall of partition between a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister, a sister and a brother, a brother and a sister. Jesus made the provision. Talk about it. If you're wrong, say I'm wrong. Don't paint it with another color. Don't become a philosopher. But if you will not listen, remember now, the word listen doesn't mean just to hear you. Again, if you want to check me out, go check the word Akuo out. Go check it out, what it means. If you will not listen, then what are you supposed to do? Now, listen to this. This is, there is a specific reason why, and Jesus didn't say take three with you. He didn't say take four with you. He said, he said what? Take one or two. Some of us like to take two right away. <laughs> and the people we take are the people who believe the same way we believe. People we hang out together with. 
And they're going to be the ones we take because they're going to take my side. That's not the reason why Jesus said take one or two with you. Not so somebody can take your side. So we don't have time. Let me tell you this. One of the problems facing the church is we don't understand what spiritual confrontation is. Everybody pretending. That's why we're so messed up. We're all pretending. How are you today? And you know you felt just like shooting me? (laughs) Good morning. This is what in in uh, psychology you call it what we call it spiritual confrontation. <laughs> Face the issues head on. And if you deal with it correctly, do you know what? It doesn't even have to go beyond one or two. It's no need to, uh, you know, get on the phone and be on the phone all day talking to everybody who's going to listen to you. Thank you. I was trying to demonstrate this morning and I found that I didn't have any coin in my pocket, so... I went and got a coin. Every coin had what? Two sides. A head and a tail. Unfortunately, we only see the tail because we have a tail to tell. A tale of two cities. That was a book I read in high school. You know, we have, we have, I have a story to tell you, girl. <laughs> and the man say, Hey man, I gotta to talk to you. And somebody say, I gotta to talk to you, oh my lord. A pastor say, Brother, let me holler at you. <laughs> The Bible says there is a story in every issue, and that story is not meant to be published. It's to be dealt with. And once you deal with it, do you know what? Once you deal with it, you feel good about yourself. The person feels good about themselves instead of you spreading stories. And, and do you know what? People who tell stories, their stories change from person to person. From person to person. Now, pastors are in a very difficult situation because before the story gets to me, it has gone through about eight revisions. Amen. 
If you have to see the pastor with a solution, it's because you've not been dealing with it as a Christian. Both ways. Both ways. And some of us are very good at twisting the Bible for what the Bible does not say. And we'll be quoting it too with a straight face. The Bible says, blessed are you when you persecuted for righteousness sake and you know you've not been righteous. You've been persecuted for what is right. For what you did. For what you said. For what you painted. Why? So the reason why you're taking one or two is that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And the reason why I said three is not because you took three with you. It's because two plus one equals three. That's simple math. It's not even algebra. It's not trigonometry. It's not calculus. Dickie Matthews, it's not calculus, is it? It's just simple calculation. If two plus one equals three, why is it that more than three people in the church know about every situation? (laughs) And sometimes it doesn't matter. It could be that somebody picked up your child in the wrong way and ten people know about it. Now, I don't want all of you with children start getting, oh, pastor's talking about me. No. It is just simple. And especially... If God has given you a special position in the church and a special responsibility and your mouth cannot stick together, that's a problem. I told, I, first, the first thing we need to do, I'm going to say this and I'm, I'm going to shut up. First thing we need to do is base everything we do on the authority of the Bible. You know the reason why I believe that sincerely with my heart? Because if we were to ask today, what color is the sun? In this building here, if we have 99 people, we're going to get about 100 different answers. We all have our opinion what color the sun is. God didn't make you authoritative. 
That's the main reason why God didn't make you authority. God didn't make me authoritative if I'm not speaking from the Bible because I am just as fickle as many of you. We change every time, you know. Somebody walked by you, they didn't say hello, you think the wall is falling down. Maybe they didn't have good breakfast. You know, but you say, oh, Lord, they think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the devil. They didn't talk to me. And, and by the time you know it, 20 people heard about it. And you won't even say they walk past you. You're going to say they walk past you and brushed against you. And didn't say anything. I've been pastoring for 30 years. I know. I know how we paint it. And I don't know why the place that is supposed to be an example for the world is the worst place sometimes. Because we all pretend we don't confront. When did I get here? I don't want to take advantage of the time. Always take action out of love with the hope of reconciliation. Galatians. Let, let me read Galatians 6, 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Tremaine, help me out. You have it? Oh, you are so good. Thank you. What does it say, church? Restore them in what way? The word restore that is used here is the same word that is used by uh, physicians who specialize in setting bones. They put them together gently where they should be before they put the plaster on it. Because when they heal and they fusion together, thank you. That's how we should restore one another as delicate beings needing proper care. And by the way, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 basically tells us we're all sinners. Because to be caught in sin means you're a sinner. Because if you're not, you won't be caught in sin. Who was the one who knew no sin? Did it say Michael? It didn't say Annette? It didn't say Etienne? (laughs) 
Or deacon. What you call him, deacon? <laughs> Restore him. Man, when, time flies when you're having a good time. So the first thing is always act privately first. Always act privately first. Let me share with you what I'm saying. Janice is a friend of my wife. If Janice has done something against me, I shouldn't be telling Frida. Well, I'm going I'm to tell her and get, get her to get her straight. <laughs> Set her straight. And then we say it spiritually. Set her straight in the spirit of the Lord. And you know what you've just done is terrible. If no resolution, only if no resolution, involve one or two more. And if they don't listen to one or two, let the whole church know. Do you know why I say you should let the whole church know? Because that person refuses to express and to demonstrate the spirit of Christianity. And Christianity means you are never condemned, but you're always corrected. And we already said this, that it's really important that we make sure matters are thoroughly spread out, talked about, investigated, so you're not getting just one side of the story. If Jonathan has done something against me, and I rush to Michael... Is because I'm getting ready to tell a lie. It may not be an outright lie, but it's going to be an exaggeration of the truth. An exaggeration or an embellishment of the truth is a lie. Because I want to get Michael on my side. Hey, brother Michael. Hey. You know I love you, man. I love you. I love you. And you need to be aware in church. Because that brother over there, I'll talk to you about him later on. So now you got me watching. Yes. Of course. 
That was my intention. My intention was not holy. And remember this. Remember this. I, I stated it already. I'm going to state it again. You read through the New Testament. Not only that, read through the Old Testament. Look at the city of Nineveh. How many of you know the city of Nineveh? They were the worst bunch. God wanted to send a prophet there. His name was Jonah. A prophet said, Where? Nineveh? I'm going to Tashish. I hear they kill prophets over there. All right. All right. All right, sir. But if you read the whole story, if you read the whole book of Jonah, what God was doing was not so he can punish them and wipe them off the face of the earth. The reason he wanted to do something to them was to what? Restore them. That is why the Bible says, at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruits to those who have been what? Trained by it. That's what God is doing. Sorry. That's probably too loud, Paul. <laughs> if you're not open to restoration, don't discipline. Let me show you three examples. I lied. I'm going to shut up after the three examples. Let me show you three examples in the Bible. Are you all familiar with Acts chapter 5? We believe the, the whole Bible to be the Word of God, right? In Acts chapter 5, the disciples there were two people. One of them was called Ananias. The other was called what? Sapphira. You, do you know that sometimes church discipline leads to death? That's why Paul said, if, if that person is not going to change, you need to expel an immoral brother from among you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 13, I believe it is. Right? 2 Corinthians? Oh, I just read it. Okay, thank you. So, the, you see what happened in Acts chapter 5? They lied. They kept, you know, the husband, uh, I mean, the, the wife lied. Oh, we didn't, we didn't sell it for this. You know, this is a, why are you going to lie about something that nobody forces you to do? Mm. I mean, let me tell you what I'm talking about just in case it's not plain to you. Nobody forces you to give your tithes in this church. Nobody. Why is it you going to put $5 in an envelope and call it tithes? You know you're a liar. I didn't force you to give. The Lord didn't force you to give. Why are you lying? We just put it in an in in envelope and put on a burnt offering. Whoa. Well, it's not even that good. 
All you need to do is tell the truth. Five dollars. What is it? Five dollars. Five dollars food log or something like that. (laughs) Now, I know, I know we don't have time, but if you go to Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, you will read in there about the Jerusalem Council. When there was a problem in the early church, they dealt with it. They dealt with it. Look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. Verses 11 through 21. You all didn't know Peter was a racist, did you? Look, look in Galatians chapter 2. You know, when the big guys were not around, when the pillars were not around, when the Jews were not around, Peter was having fun with the Gentiles. When they came, oh, yeah, uh, you guys are on that side. And what did Paul say? Paul didn't say, I beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Yeah. I confronted Peter to his face. Yeah. I didn't go and report it to Brother Arthur or to Barnabas or to James. No, I told Peter himself to his face and I told him this was not what the Lord taught us. This is not what the Bible says about you are a denial, a hypocrite. The word hypocrites, you know, the, the Greek word hypocrites is the word that is used to describe the players in, the, in Greek theater. Someone who comes out and puts another person's figure on his face. He's a hypocrite. He's pretending to be who they are not. Have you seen it during, during uh, Halloween? People come to your door looking like Bill Clinton. Or Bush. Pretty soon they're going to be looking like Obama. Don't believe them. They're not. They're hypocrites. Anyway, I'm done. God bless you. Let us pray.